Wow. What an amazing review. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that in my life. And probably the most amazing thing of all is that everything you just saw on that screen happened in the midst of a global pandemic. I mean, in the most difficult time in our lifetime, our church inconveniently and yet consistently has kept their faith promise commitment and has kept giving and giving and the result was just seen. It looks like, I know Mitch didn't go there because uh, we can't yet because we still have uh, a missions offering Sunday which is today and to the end of the month but it looks like We've given another million dollars to missions, or at least close to it. We'll be able to say for sure in, in, uh, in a couple of weeks. But if we haven't given a million, we've certainly given close. It looks like maybe we have. And it was given in the face of restrictions and lockdowns and empty shelves in grocery stores. And no toilet paper. And uncertainty. And unemployment without ever taking up one offering in house. The Apostle John wrote a letter to Gaius, his dear friend. And Gaius was a great giver to the work of God. As a matter of fact, I reckon, in my opinion, Gaius was the first real missions giver that we have evidence of in the Bible because Gaius, when the missionaries would be coming through, he would comfort them and supply them and support them and keep them in, in his house, total strangers, and send them on their way and bless them. And John writes to his friend in... 3 John, chapter 1 and verse 5. The, epistle, the third epistle of John is written to Gaius. But he says in verse 5, My beloved friend, I commend you. I commend you for your demonstration of faithful love by all that you have done. And that's what I want to say to our church family today, in-house and at home, whether you're in Melbourne or Canberra, Phoenix or Sydney, I commend you for your demonstration of faithful love by all that you have done. Look what the Lord has done, but look what the Lord has done through your faithfulness. Of all the years, that we have been giving to missions, this has been by far the most significant. It's more than just what we've given this year, it's what it's cost us to give it. The real measure of giving is not so much in the amount, but in what it cost me to give it. That's why Jesus commends the little woman there in the sanctuary who gave little but 
her, the cost of what she gave was more than those who gave much. You have not allowed restrictions to restrict your heart. We've lived all year with restraints, but you have not restrained from generosity, from kindness, and from caring and doing good for others. And to do it in a pandemic of fear and shortages and insecurity and uncertainty defines you. And I believe it defines our church family. The Apostle Paul was speaking to the Corinthians about the Macedonian church. He wanted to commend, like, like John wanted to commend Gaius, he wanted to commend the church at Macedonia and use them as an example to the Corinthians. You know, every now and then a father just needs to talk about his children. You know, every now and then a grandfather just needs to talk about his grandchildren. And every now and then a pastor just needs to talk about his church. The Corinthians were pretty much self-serving and they were at ease. While the Macedonian church was self-sacrificing and in severe trial. And so I'm reading from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 4 from the message. Now friends, dear Corinthian friends, I want to report on the surprising and generous ways in which God is working in the churches in the Macedonian province. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to their very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected. An outpouring of pure and generous gifts. I was there, and I saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could, far more than they could afford, pleading for the privilege of helping out in the relief of poor Christians. They did not give according to their circumstances. They did not give according to their situation. They did not give because it was easy or convenient or because they didn't need the money. They gave because of their love, their love for Jesus and their love for others, and their love for others who were doing it even tougher than they were. And Paul just had to commend them. And even, if you'll forgive him, brag on them a little bit. 2020, my goodness, and COVID-19, Two numbers I'm going to shy away from. 19 and 20. 2020 and COVID-19 
has been a sort of trial by fire year. Paul said about the Macedonians in their fiery trial, he said the trial exposed their true colors. 2020 has been a revealer of what's really real. Trials expose, fiery trials expose true colors. COVID has restrained and restricted our church, our meetings. We've been months, we had months without meetings. Then we had constricted and, 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 and you know, a hundred people. Then we couldn't sing and then we had to wear masks and we've not been able to take up offerings. COVID has restrained our church, but it has not restricted or restrained our church family. If anything, it has revealed our resolve as a church family. It has shown that we are not fair weather followers of Christ, but we are all weather, all in, and totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not consumer Christ followers. We are consumed Christ followers. Jesus taught about building a house that will hold up in a storm. 2020 was a storm. A global pandemic is a storm. A national lockdown is a storm. Losing your freedoms and your work or your business is a storm. Forced restrictions on funerals and weddings and how many people you are allowed to have in the privacy of your own home, that's a storm. The question is not, has there been a storm? The question is, have you built a house that can withstand a storm? These are Jesus' words in Luke 6, 48. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on a rock. Now, I believe that this not only applies to the house we build, but to the church we build. COVID-19 has not ruined or wrecked our church. It has revealed our church. It has shown us who we are as a church. It has shown us the commitment we have as totally committed followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody, but the Bible teaches us that there are different kinds of followers of Christ. Jesus himself teaches this. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 57, these are his words. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. 
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You're going to follow a homeless man. And then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And scholars tell us that what he meant was, let me wait till my father dies, even though he may not even be sick. And so Jesus says to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Ooh, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And then another said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first, but let me first, I will follow you, but let me first. Go and bid them farewell who are in my house. And Jesus said to him, no one, no one having put his hand to the plow No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. There are different kinds of followers of Christ. What kind am I? What kind are you? Am I a Christ follower that has put my hand to the plow and there is no looking back, there is no turning back, there is no sliding back, there is no I'll be back. I believe we as a church family have put our hand to the plow and we will not look back or pull back or draw back even if it's difficult. Yeah. We read in Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. But you, but we are not of those who draw back. I said, we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Amen. We are not of those who draw back. It's a terrible situation right now in the United States where 22% of regular churchgoers have just ceased to be a part of online or in-house church. That's almost a quarter of the church in North America. I read another statistic that says it's possible that one in four of the churches that have closed down or been closed down will never reopen. In difficult times, some draw back. Others press in and press on 
And I commend you, family, for pressing in and pressing on. I commend you for using this calamity to confirm your commitment and your faithfulness and your fidelity to the Lord Jesus Christ. I commend you for allowing the struggles of this last year to strengthen your life and reaffirm your faith. The Apostle James said, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test. Come on, somebody. This is a test. Somebody said, it's all a test. The whole thing's a test. But this is a test. Blessed is the man, the woman, the young person who remains steadfast under trial. And when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 5.10, But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered for a while, a while, the test is only for a while, suffering is only for a while, but we are called to eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered for a while, watch this, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's what's on the other side of the test, let alone the eternal glory. The Macedonian church sacrificed in suffering, and they sowed in sorrow, and Paul commended them. And I want to commend you today. This is the church family that I want to pastor. Sydney, Melbourne, Phoenix, Canberra, I am so proud of you. I'm just saying, to be in a global lockdown and a national pandemic and still give a million dollars to missions, which is half our income. I'm just saying, I want to pastor that church. I want to lead that church. I want to be a part of that church. What a privilege.